0: all this talk about Drake May and is he going to transfer and he's getting reportedly all this NIL money from this mystery suitor. So I think that might've driven the number up as well. And at the same time, you've got a team that kind of stunk, I guess would be the (laughs) operative word down the stretch.
1: Always college football with Greg McElroy is presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much. With AT and T five G, hello and welcome in. I'm your host Greg McElroy, and we appreciate you coming to always college football along with me as always, Jack Foster and Mark Kubiak. We so appreciate you guys coming and joining us here. Just a couple days away from Christmas time, we know it's crazy, we know it's hectic. We appreciate those of you that have downloaded and subscribed to the podcast and that have listened to it as you travel throughout the country to go see your loved ones, your friends, your family. We're glad that we're with you and we very much appreciate it. We want to also just wish you guys all, thank you, uh, a Merry Christmas. It's really been a phenomenal, phenomenal season. We have so enjoyed the time that we've had to spend with you. To be completely honest, like we went and said, hey, let's try this. And, and we weren't sure how many people were going to be watching, how many people were going to be listening. We conservatively set a goal for ourselves that if we had like, 5,000 people watch every show, then that's pretty good. That's honestly what we thought. I can remember vividly when we were having a conversation beforehand, Mark Kubiak and I, when we put our heads together, and we started to think about, hey, man, what does success look like in year one? He goes, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. And I was like, well, if we can get like 25,000 people a week, that'd be pretty good. Well, you guys have helped us tremendously. We had consecutive months in both October and November, in which we went over 100... Or a million views on YouTube, and we wouldn't be able to do that if not for you. The podcast numbers are growing. Thank you. I mean, honestly, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all your support that you've given Always College Football up to the season. We hope that you have the most phenomenal Christmas possible. This episode is brought to you by AT&T, official sponsor of the College Football Playoff. Is checking your team's stats at 2 a.m., watching highlights while eating with buddies, or catching the game during a wedding all too much? Nope. Because too much college football is never too much. And AT&T 5G keeps you connected all season long. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See at and slash 5G for you for details. College football bowl season is here. And Dr. Pepper and the residents of Fansville invite you to revel in another one-of-a-kind year of flexing your foam finger humming your school's fight song in your sleep and thriving on a steady diet of Buffalo chicken dip and post-game commentary all washed down with a rich, delicious Dr. Pepper, of course. And another game is always just around the corner. So make sure your tailgate doesn't turn into a fail gate and pick up a case of ice cold. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve with your loved ones and wherever you're traveling to. We hope you get there safely, but know that we're going to have a happy Christmas because of our involvement with you and the content that we're able to provide on a daily basis. But we're not done here. The football season continues on. We have great games to look forward to today. We have a game to look forward to tomorrow. We got games coming up on Monday. We have a lot that we still need to unpack here in the next few days. So we'll push Christmas aside just for a moment, and we will dive back in to the college football content that we're trying to provide. Chris the Bear Felica will join us today. We're going to talk about all the different angles that you can get, try to find some value on some of the games between now and December 28th. So we're going to hit all the games between now and then. It's today through the 28th, we're going to hit them all against the spread, picks, some leans, some plays, etc. We'll have Chris the Bear Felica come on and we'll have him do the 29th all the way through the 2nd. So we're going to hit all the big games with the Bear of both season But today you get half those as we dive in. So let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about it. Presented by AT&T 5G. Well, he joins us every week during the regular season. But in the postseason, we get him a couple times. He's Chris the Bear Felica. Does an incredible job breaking down these games. Had a ridiculous record against the spread this year. Let's see, Bear, if we can cap it off with some quality play in the postseason. How does that sound?
0: We're, we're, we're going to try, and one of the things that I always like to tell people uh, for ball season, uh, my, my couple of general rules are, number one, uh, live betting is your friend. Usually right. you'll have a much better idea on some things, uh, live betting some games. And then in general, I put this in the column that we had up on ESPN.com last week about not being afraid to play underdogs on the money line. Because around 70% of the underdogs that, co- that that cover also win outright. So you're helping yourself out there. And then if you do like a favorite, don't be afraid to play a favorite on an adjusted line, which will get some plus money because there's something along the lines of 60 or 70% of the favorites that cover cover the spread by at least a touchdown and i think we've seen of the six favorites that have covered so far i think there are uh, four of them have covered the spread by more than more than seven points so these things that have kind of been following over the last few years they are all tending to kind of repeat themselves and be true throughout ball season so uh as we as we record this earlier in the week uh those are the numbers uh uh, that we have to date. So uh, we'll, we'll see if those numbers continue throughout the week.
1: Where do you draw the line, Bear? Uh, for instance, you referenced just playing the underdogs on the money line. For instance, North Carolina Central, plus 410, plus 405, in mm-hmm. that vicinity as a 14-point dog. Uh, maybe some of us had a little action on the money line there, but I, don't, I can't imagine I there were lot, many. I know
0: a lot of people that actually <laughs> did great because they were right. using the the logic that, that, that Dion was already – his mind out. It was out in Colorado, and they fell behind, and they came back to win. But but you're right. If you look over, I mean, last year there were three double-digit dogs that went outright. If you go back over the last, uh, I have the data in front of me. Over the last six years, uh, you, 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 you've got seven double-digit dogs that have won outright, and you've had uh, a lot. You've had over the last three years. I'm just doing the math in my head right now. Last three years, double-digit dogs, not including this year. Are are thirteen and five against the number, so <laughs> it, 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 the the spread seems to have very little correlation. Uh, if it's big dog, small dog, um, yeah. it, it, if you like the dog, um, money money line a little little bit of a uh, sprinkle there is the way to go.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that that it's definitely an interesting play, and like you said, I mean, if you can figure out and get a tip on who's playing, who's not playing, mm-hmm. who's up for the game. My general rule up until the last couple of years was always like, all right, underdogs are your like. I'm just take take every dog, like just play every dog, take the points. If you want to split it up, half unit on the points, half unit on the dog money line, do it that way. However you see fit. But I feel like more often than not, Baron, you tell me, what is in not excluding bowl game or excluding playoff games, excluding those on average, what do the dogs do in bowl games, relatively speaking, against the spread?
0: Um, it's. I mean, I'm going back the last few years. You've let's see. Last year, favorites were twenty two, fifteen, and one. COVID year, fifteen, eleven. Uh, twenty 2019, 2019 and one. Year before that, where uh, dogs actually had a winning record. Year before that, it was five hundred. Year before that, dogs dominated, uh, twenty five and fourteen. So, it, it, it's kind of hit and miss. Um, I, I think in general favorites tend to cover just a little, but, but but it's not like any clear trend where if you play every favorite, you're going to come out and win up. But I, I do think if you play every dog on the money line, I think that's probably the best way to go about making money. If you're just looking to f- just have a flat mindset coming into bowl season, play dogs on the money line, and you'll probably come out ahead. Because it's funny, you were talking about trying to play amateur psychologist about who's going to play and who is not. We saw a couple of great examples uh, in, in the opening weekend, of ball ballgames about that. Like uh, we, everyone knew that, that Anthony Richardson in Florida was going to be decimated by, by opt outs. And that right. number i got that I buy ball. I, I played Oregon state at six and a half before the move and that worked out great. On the other hand, everybody kind of got wind at Jaron Hall, and BYU wasn't working to have a bunch of guys. So that I bet that SMU at two, and then bought some byu back at four and a half, and obviously the two still didn't, didn't matter They got any closing line value there at all because BYU, BYU was dug the one out, right? So even though sometimes you get the information about who may play and who may not going to play, it doesn't always work out where uh, the information and the move uh, does wind up uh, panning out in the end. Yeah,
1: I feel like if you're chasing the line and if you see the big steam move, it, it might not be – you never know who the backup is. I mean, the backup might be pretty good. Correct. We just don't exactly. know about him yet. Look at Purdue. Look and, at I Purdue. mean, Louisville's a good example.
0: Yep. Yeah. Look at look Louisville this year. Look at Purdue last year. Like, I remember mean, the world now has LSU because all the opt-outs Purdue has this year. But remember, what was the year they had um, – I mean, last year against Tennessee where Purdue had yeah. people sitting out and oh, That line got bet. I think, from like – Tennessee minus one to like Tennessee minus seven and Purdue even with all the players being out still wind up winning the game outright so uh, y- you never do know how some of the players who are going to get an opportunity to play in bowls might seize that moment and might be in a better position to win than some of the starters might be
1: yeah it makes a lot of sense bear well let's get into some of the games today and then a few of the games to look forward to here in the next week or so let's get and start with Houston and Louisiana. I, I really don't know how to play this. I have not liked Houston in bowl games traditionally. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. don't feel like that's a team that rises up for bowl games. I know they've had some tricky no. matchups. The one that really stands out was a few years ago against Army. I think that they lost beautiful. 100 to nothing. Wasn't that, I beautiful. Exactly. that, that was
0: I, I financed, I think, two vacations off of that game.
1: <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a lot to a little, to say the least. Louisiana's getting six and a half. Barrett, when I look at this game, it's almost as if I like very much just hopping on Louisiana as the money line dog. I get plus 220. I mean, okay, you could take the six and a half. You could take the seven, wherever it ends up. Or I can get paid two two to one or so on what might be an outright upset with a team in Houston that's been very hit or miss. Now, they're better. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I mean, can you back Houston in a spot like this?
0: No, not at all. Uh, I, I think if you look at, at Houston this year, they're a team that disappointed and we believe that Dell and Tune are going to play, uh, but, but at the same time, you look at Danner Holgerson's track record uh, in these, in his bowl games. And in his teams and bowls are two and seven against the number three and six straight up. And in four of their last five bowl games, they've lost by at least two touchdowns. Uh, and if you look at the five games in which Holgerson's teams entered as a favorite, Three resulted in losses, two by double digits, and two resulted in wins by one and four points. So, again, every situation is different, and you don't want to just rely on statistics and trends from the past to, to wage your handicap a ballgame. But that tells me there's something there with the way he he handles ball games, gets his team ready for ball games, and his players perform in ball games. And now you got a team in Louisiana that's going to be playing in the state of Louisiana in right. Shreveport. You you'd assume that they're going to have whatever crowd is there will be raging Cajun fans. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think this is uh, both Louisiana plus the points and uh, a bit on the money line as well.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. Another nice game. Looking forward to tonight. Wake Forest and Missouri. Line opened Wake Forest is a field goal favorite. It's been bet down some, but it kind of hovers, you know, under three, between one and three or so. Uh, To me, I I don't like, I I just don't like Missouri that much, but I do think they can disrupt their defensive line against Wake Forest offensive line is not a a good matchup at all for Wake Forest offensively. I, I like Wake Forest in the game. But I, this is one I'd probably stay away from if I had to play it. It was an action play. I'd take the Deeks. Would you kind of fade the steam here?
0: Yeah, I, I don't really like the game at all either. This this would be if I were doing one of those bull confidence pools. This would be a very low uh, Wake Forest uh, play for me. I kind of want to see Wake Forest win because I, I don't like the. Whole, I mean, I don't know ultimately wind up, what wind up happening but the fact that Missouri and Kansas aren't playing in the ball game for whatever reason you want to say, that's (laughs) kind of weak. These ball games are exhibition games. They don't need anything. Why not create a buzz for your fan bases and have two rivals that that don't play uh, for a long, long time. You got an opportunity to play and and, and you're not. I mean, that's what bowl season should be like. Try and generate interest for these bowls and they're not, but, uh, I'd like also like to see Sam Hartman and the Deeks go out with the win. So, yeah, this would be a low-confidence Wake Forest play.
1: Yeah, I don't have any feel for that one whatsoever. I mean, I like I said, action play, I'm taking Wake Forest, uh, especially with Hartman, leadership angle I think is there. But I don't know. I, I don't like their matchup in the trenches whatsoever. Let's get to the not
0: I don't. You're right. Even though I will say this, I mean, they did put up, uh, what, 40, 40 points or whatever it was against right. Clemson earlier in the year. So that they have they have had success offensively uh, against pretty good defenses. Uh, that's
1: fair. I, I do think they can neutralize it a little bit, but this is a very disruptive group for Missouri. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Like I said, i take the Deeks, so but I don't love it whatsoever. Middle Tennessee against San Diego State. This game's tomorrow night, Christmas Eve. Very excited about what this game is kind of sets up. I like the matchup quite a bit. San Diego State got hot. Middle Tennessee has had their moments this year. Uh, San Diego State, about a touchdown favorite at the moment. To me, Bear, I, maybe I'm a prisoner. I called the Hawaii Bowl years back. San Diego State <laughs> took the Lucky opening you, kick. You,
0: so you, no, 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 no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to time out here. Because you, you, you always used to get on me about, Oh, you guys will be calling that game during... Oh, you guys will be calling the Vegas Bowl. Or you'll be calling... Oh, I, I used to call the, the Hawaii... Okay. I called it once. To to it was a long
1: time ago. Okay. I would rather right. call the Vegas right. Bowl. <laughs> but... I mean, I called it once, and I remember it vividly. San Diego State took the opening kickoff back. I believe it was Rashad Penny actually that took the opening kickoff back, and Tommy Tuberville led Cincinnati Bearcats got beat a hundred well, to nothing. Well, so there,
0: I, there you there you also there you go. That <laughs> sentence also explained a lot. Yeah. So this there was one, a lot of there was a lot of licking the stamp and mailing it in at the end of the Tuberville era in Cincinnati.
1: That is very real. I, I get the sense I like San Diego State. I think they want to finish on a high note is a team that played really well down the stretch. Like I said, touchdown favorite. I don't love laying this many points, but I would just have to take the Aztecs in this spot. Uh, knowing that I feel like they're the team that's a little bit hotter coming into the bowl season.
0: I, I I'm on the other side here. I'm taking middle plus the points and I'll wow. take a, a, a little middle on the money. I mean, look, they, they blown out Miami, um, They won four or five down the stretch to to get to a ball. And I know that San Diego State, since the coaching change, was a little bit better. But it's still a team that put up just a field goal against Air Force, 14 against UNLV. And and I think this is a team that we just kind of are expecting because of the success that they had in, in the past with some of the backs that they had and some of the defensive players that they had that we think that that's kind of what they are now. But it really isn't. Now, look there is a chance, like you said, that middle could be out there on vacation. Uh, but that also <laughs> gives you an opportunity to, if you play middle, uh, plus the points are on the money line early, and it's apparent that the game is going to go the favor of San Diego State, uh, that, you, that you can you can buy back on the Aztecs there and you'll pay a little bit more. But if the game is pretty obviously going to go in another direction, uh, you'd, be, you'd be in good shape. But I, I don't think... The, the the Aztecs' offense is that great. Uh, again, Middle's defense by no by is no great shakes by any means whatsoever. I, I just think taking points go, pre pre kick going into the game. If you had to make a pre kick play, I think taking the points is the right right move here.
1: Yeah, I I, I can get on board with that. Like, I, you're not gonna I'm not gonna discourage you from taking a touchdown or more. Like I mean, ever, I'm just never gonna do that. But. I do think San Diego State. I just get the sense, like you said, I mean, middle middle rally down the stretch. Both teams rally down the stretch. San Diego State was looking awful there for first month of the season or whatnot. So things looked a little bit better down the stretch. I just think San Diego State. And I'm, I'm a believer in the Mountain West. Maybe I'm crazy. I love the league. I think they're really good. Uh, I saw it firsthand with Fresno in LA a couple weeks back. So I'm telling you, this is. I just think that that's a very real league, and we've seen it with Boise. I think in the regular season, they did. I agree with you. In the regular season, while I agree, and I think San Diego State was part of the reason why they were somewhat disappointing. Them, San Jose State, like a couple teams that you had high expectations for, didn't play great. Fresno got out to a one and four start, right? I mean, I I think that there were some hiccups early. Boise was a mess, you know? I mean, it's just, so I think that Utah State was terrible. I mean, I think that there were, you know, some teams that we were kind of relying on didn't play well, but come bowl season, it's going to be the revenge of the mountain West. And we're going to be looking at it at the very end. Like, okay, this is a pretty good, pretty legit group. uh, So to speak. So we'll see, I'm going San Diego state. You're going middle Tennessee. Let's go next. New Mexico state and bowling green. What a great, great story for both these teams, teams that we don't see in the bowl game very often. How do you not pick Jerry kill here? Like tell me how you don't pick Jerry. Kill. Now I think, I think bowling green is the better team. But I don't like MAC teams and bowl games. Like I gotta go, Jerry Kill.
0: No, yeah, I think you have to as well. I mean, BG's been a great story getting bowl eligible, and so has New Mexico State. Been a great story getting bowl. I mean, this is about as lopsided of a of a of a spread and 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 money play as there is. I mean, the game opened. I think at New Mexico State minus one, and I think it's Bowling Green minus four. So we, we see where all the money is, and we see where all the action is. Uh, it, it's on BG, and I, and I think, logically, that that, that is the, the, the way to think. But now that you, I always get – again, I have no data on this because I don't have opening numbers uh, in my database. I only have closing numbers. But I would love to know what the ATS mark is on um, teams that open up as a favorite – and wind up closing as a dog. Um, I would think that it probably favors a team that opens as the favorite, uh, and that's probably, and usually that that's how I would land in a game like this. Is I trust the opening number more than I do the barrage of of money and tickets that are going to come in on certain sides, especially in a, in ball season when when it looks like it's too good to be true, uh, it usually is.
1: <laughs> right. Plus, I, I get the like I see steamy moves like that because of a guy opting in or opting out, but for it's not like it, it's not like oh well hey New Mexico State's without their right guard like hey they're you know move the line four points like let's adjust it no I I'm with you plus I just think Jerry Kill um look Scott Leftler's done a great job no denying that but Jerry Kill and New Mexico State feels like all things being equal. You know, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, they are fired up to be in that position. I mean, and they'll be
0: prepared, and and, and I think people too are looking at the game being played in Detroit. So you know, you're going to have a a large contingent uh, of BG fans there, and that in theory will help uh, the Mac representative in that game because uh, how many people are going to make the trip from Las Cruces to Detroit um, for for a ball game? We'll see.
1: Yeah, will be very, very interesting. All right, a couple more that we need to get to we're going to have you back next week or whatnot so we're going to go mm-hmm. through the games on the 27th and the 28th before we get you out of here so let's start with Georgia Southern and Buffalo this one to me surprised me on the open opened up Georgia Southern 3 point favorite hovering around there slightly north of that now <clears throat> i was now i look i think Kyle Van Trees has been a good addition for Georgia Southern he was mm-hmm. at Buffalo has a good understanding of who Buffalo is like the quarterback dilemma there is interesting, but I don't feel like Buffalo's getting any respect in this spot. And I'm trying to figure out where the infatuation is with Georgia Southern. They've had good moments. Obviously we know beating Nebraska is a good moment, but I don't know, man, it's been just a little bit up and down to me with the Eagles, which way Like I would take the points here. I don't feel great about it, but I would take the points.
0: I had, I put three games in the column uh for on espn.com they were louisiana plus six and a half middle tennessee plus seven and georgia southern minus three and a half really i I like the i like the eagles here i mean i think the reason is you look at what buffalo has been late in the year the injuries that they've had um in in the bulls backfield uh, very very fortunate to even be here they needed a miracle to beat Akron in the, in the uh, rescheduled uh, regular season finale. <laughs> this is a team that I don't think has much going for it right now. And I talked about it how at Fourfield You were going to get a majority of BG fans. This will be a situation too, with Georgia Southern where yeah. whatever fans are going to be there. We'll will make the trip on over. Uh, you would think from Georgia Southern to, to Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, so look, I, I think with Van Trees, uh and that offense that put up 51 on app state to get to the sixth win, uh, I, I think the, the momentum, the trajectory of the season, um, the way the teams ended the year, and the and probably the the injury. I, I think everything kind of points Georgia Southern here. So well, that's what threw me off. I, that's why, was, why the line kind of
1: stunk. That's why I was yeah. kind of like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it just felt like everything, like you said, everything that you just laid out, it feels like it should be Georgia Southern six, six seven, eight points, not three, three and a half, right?
0: I don't. I don't think you can go that high in, in this game. No, I, I think that'd be a little. Yo, try, tell me I mean, the power ratings yeah. don't aren't all over no, the. No, yeah, I, I was going to say. I, I, I don't think the old, the, the old, the old Sun Belt Mac game there is is. is yeah, the, the, those power ratings will be too, too true. Plus, plus, I think it's hard to, hard to really know how healthy Van Trees. I mean, he, obviously, he played much better against App State, but he'd been a little nicked up before then, and you just don't know about. Buffalo of those backs are going to be back.
1: All right, moving on. Utah State and Memphis. This line has really kind of thrown me off a bit. Opened at nine and a half in some places. At Memphis being favored nine and a half. Down all the way to seven and a half to me. I don't know what is making anybody like Utah State in the game. Like Memphis, I know they're inconsistent. But, man, I, I don't I can't get behind taking the points. And yet we've seen a steamy move in favor of Utah State so help me understand what's going on there
0: I can't this is a total no play for me Uh, I I can't really offer anything on this game because uh, I don't know I I couldn't get behind either team in this game Um, well by my general thought again when in doubt either just in line with Memphis or Utah State money line (laughs) and see see what happens there
1: you go little action play (laughs) little action (laughs) play there how about East Carolina and Coastal? This thing says East Carolina for the limit, uh, which has me a little bit thrown off. Like Coastal, you know, Grayson McCall in the portal. Like, you know, I mean, having, losing their coach. They just got absolutely housed the last time we saw them. Mm-hmm. Coastal's kind of been a little bit fraudulent all year long, it feels like, in some ways. So I don't know how you don't just put, a, put the mortgage on East Carolina here. Talk me out of it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you as well. I mean, you ECU you had the... Had the ball game canceled, so I, I think it's an opportunity for, for them to, to to go out here on a winning note. And, and like you said, it, with Childwell leaving and and McCall staying, transfer portal, but he's playing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think this Coastal defense is very good either. So I, I could see this being a, at the very least, you play East Carolina team total over. But 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 I'm with you. I, I think this could get. Uh, potentially ugly. I, I think ECU will win by uh, by double digits.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you as well. Oklahoma State and Wisconsin putting a bow in the games in the 27th. This is a late-night action, 10:15 Eastern kick. Opened up three and a half for Wisconsin, steady there. Circa actually had it as a pick early on. Now is steamed, obviously, in favor of the Badgers. Do you... To me, it's kind of a no-play. I don't trust Oklahoma State. I do think some of the young players that were thrust into the lineup, they might be better in this spot, but I don't like Mm -hmm. either team. I mean, I feel like both teams, disappointing finishes. Wisconsin, more specifically, very disappointing finish. So by losing their last two, I I want badly to have a little bit of action in this game because I'm excited to watch it but it could be one where I'm left covering my eyes. I don't like one or the other. So I'd lean Oklahoma State because I want the points, but, man, I don't feel great about it.
0: Yeah, and these are typically two – traditionally two very good teams um, in, in ball games. I mean, Oak State has won five of the last six covered straight, all been close games. Uh, Wisconsin has had a ton of success, and the only loss they've had recently was that one point loss to Oregon – uh, in the Rose Bowl, but but again, new coaching staff there. Have, have we officially heard about Spencer Sanders yet for Oklahoma State? Like, no. I, I'm <laughs> I'm assuming that he's not going to play, but we don't know that for sure. So it's hard for me getting involved. If I had to play the game, I'd, I'd play Oklahoma State because I just don't know about the where Wisconsin is kind of mentally right now. with guy guys transferring out new head coach in uh, Jimmy Leonard on the way out as well say it's kind of a weird deal here uh, I, I think in a game like this uh, I would probably trust Oklahoma State uh, just a little bit more but it's certainly just a just a guess more than anything else.
1: no doubt about it all right let's run through these pretty quickly here on the 28th got four games. That day, very much looking forward to the slate, too. I might add, one of my favorite games of the entire calendar is here on the 28th. That's Arkansas and Kansas. That's the Liberty Bowl. Right now, Arkansas opened up as a four, five, five and a half point favorite. That line's down to three. It's Kansas for the limit for me. Like, I yes. and it's money yes. line, too.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they're there. And that's the only side I can play. Um, team that hasn't been in the ball in forever. Against a team of a disappointing season, and now you're favored. Like I, I uh, undergoing some changes there as well. Yeah, I this, this is this is KU for the limit for me as well.
1: Yeah, same page. All right, UCF and Duke. I I don't know how to play this one. It's a stay away. I think both teams can score. I might. Be, you could talk me into. You could talk me into the over. That's about the only thing I think I'll let you talk me into on this game. I I don't particularly care. For either side, and I'm just not a hundred percent sold on Duke. If for whatever reason John Rice, like I think Mike Elko will have a good plan for UCF, mm-hmm. and he's no stranger to Gus Malzon. He's seen him several times when he was the DC at Texas A&M. So I part of me leans Duke if I had to play it, but man, I don't laying points with that's this hard. team against a team that can score makes me anxious.
0: Yeah, that, 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 that's hard. Hard as long as, as Plumlee's healthy again. This is another one that crossed over zero. Uh, UCF opened up two and a half point favorite. Now they're a dog. Uh, the, the, the the fan in me would love to see Duke win uh, with, with Elko having the the, the great first season uh, as a head coach. It really went unnoticed for a good part of the year. But I kind of get the sense that UCF is probably the right side in this game. I'd wait on the total until obviously seeing about uh, whether it being that the game's going to be in Maryland. You, you, you never know. Uh, what the weather could be like there uh, in, in late December. So, while I do agree with you on the over, uh, the, the last thing you'll you'll want is a, a bad weather game when you're sitting there holding over 63, and uh, you, you're kind of sitting there like, what what the heck did I do?
1: That's a fair point, without question. North Carolina and Oregon, really good game, intriguing matchup, good quarterback matchup between Bo Nix and Drake May. This, this line kind of tripped me out initially. When I mm-hmm. saw it open, I was like, is this a mistake? Two touchdowns? Oregon
0: saved by two touchdowns against North Carolina? Yeah, I, I think at that time when it opened, there was a lot of discussion about all this talk about Drake May and is he going to transfer? And he's getting reportedly all this NIL money from this mystery suitor. So I think that might have driven the number up as well. And at the same time, you've got a team that kind of stunk. I guess would be the <laughs> operative word down the stretch. Uh, lo- losing at home to Georgia Tech is a big favorite. Getting getting blown out in the ACC title game, losing losing a game to NC State that gets a fourth string quarterback. Uh, they they, they kind of got everybody excited earlier in the year, and you wonder maybe if Drake May hit a little bit of a freshman wall. Now, look, if Justin Flo is gone from, from Oregon, yeah. that obviously will hurt. By, by the way, how about that get for Arizona? I mean, that would not have been where I thought Justin Flo right. would have landed. I would not have thought he was going from, from Eugene to Tucson. I would have thought that, that was either going to be uh, SC Miami. or he was going to go re- reunite with himself with, with with Mario down in Miami. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was interesting. But I would kind of play Oregon here just because I don't think – uh, Carol, I, I think Carolina was a little bit uh, smoke and mirrors for, for the lack of a better word, and I could see the ducks two touchdowns. Uh, of, yeah, it, it's Oof. it's a lot. I know, I know that, but I just the the way Carolina finished the year, and uh, you would have thought that if they were going to show anything and they were going to bounce back, an opportunity to go to the Orange Bowl against the Clemson team, who you're probably not going to get a better chance to beat. Uh, for for quite some times, like it was there in front of them, and to get throttled by 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 Clemson, and and, and now you're going out here a, a ball that obviously Mac Brown is very familiar with. It seems like Texas was in that ball game uh, quite <laughs> quite a few times when he was uh, second fiddle Oklahoma back in the Big Twelve days. But those are some great games, by the way.
2: It's I mean, they, I remember there were
0: some great Texas Oregon holiday Bowls. Oh yeah, uh, Texas Washington I think was like that, that used to be a great game, but I don't think. This is going to be one of them. I like Oregon pretty, pretty big here.
1: Holiday Bowl used to be one of the best games ever. When yes. it was Pac-12, Big 12, man, it was a great game and a great destination as well. Speaking of uh, an old Holiday Bowl participant, Texas Tech, uh, I remember when they went off against Cal there in the early mid-2000s or so. Yep. Sonny Cumby had an incredible game out there. Yeah, that was, that- the,
0: uh, that was the year that Cal should have been uh, in in the uh, in, in in the BCS, and that was when more like politics politics wanted to play, and Texas actually wound up getting into a bowl game before instead of instead of Cal, and Cal absolutely licked the stamp uh, in that holiday bowl and got absolutely worked.
1: They got destroyed. Uh, but hey, that was those were those were fun days as a young Texas Tech commitment and recruitee. So it was fun watching them tear up Cal that day and watching set, set, Aaron Rodgers. Set, set.
0: Segue by the way, that was a very nice uh tribute you had to a uh, nice little story about Mike Leach.
1: Oh, I appreciate
0: it. Rec- <laughs> rec- Recruited by Tex, I I, I, I enjoyed uh, uh he- hearing that because everyone seems to have uh a, a Mike Leach story, and, and that was a very unique one. And, and uh, I, I know we're a couple of weeks after his unfortunate passing, but he, he was someone why we love college football, one of the many reasons why we do is because of all the different characters that there right. are in the sport, all the uniqueness about coaches, players, rivalries, and he was a character. There's and, no doubt. Uh, and I can remember be being up with, with game day uh, when we went up there and there was that picture of him, his head on the Costanza body, and like, <laughs> he wanted the sign and he wanted getting the sign and putting the sign in his office. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the, that's the ridiculous nature that he, and it was, it was great. So, uh, uh, sad story, but yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, your, your story that you shared about him and kind of him, him kind of giving you the Heisman when you after he hadn't seen you in a while was oh uh, completely was
1: never yeah, as if I'd never as if he'd never seen me before ever uh you know but hey that was him man what's funny is Seth Luttrell actually corrected me on that saying yeah actually he really did forget if you committed somewhere else he really would like purposefully forget you uh, I was like I don't know if I buy that coach but you're covering for for Coach Leach I understand that um, either way it was a good bit that's for sure. Um, all right, finally, we'll put a bow on it with this bear. Last game today, Ole Miss, Texas Tech. Uh, I would say Ole Miss for sure. They played so bad down the stretch, <sighs> but it felt because they were distracted, right? It felt, just they were, mm-hmm. you know, Lee, is he going to go? Is he going to leave? Is, I mean, and he, now he's affirmed his commitment to Ole Miss, but I get the sense that Texas Tech is is a team that's going to play one. They're going to play great as an underdog. Obviously, they are going to be able to throw all over the yard. You have a veteran mm-hmm. quarterback in Tyler Shuck. Mm-hmm. He's been around quite a bit. I, Texas Tech has me spooked after their performance last year. I thought Mississippi State was a lock, stock, and barrel, and Texas Tech schooled them. This, I think, is what makes me a little bit hesitant. I'm almost hesitant to just take Texas Tech on the money line overall. But, man, something tells me that Ole Miss is going to play a really good game after playing terrible in the final month.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I, I think you are going to get a much better play from, uh, f- from the Rebels in this spot. And I would lean towards taking uh, Ole Miss here. Because I think you're right. I, I think all of the – is Lane staying? Is Lane going? Uh, Egg ball. You, you come yeah. so close to beating Alabama, and, and you don't. I, I think there are a lot of things uh, that, that were just going on there. Uh, and again, this is a team that gave up uh a, a bunch of points to OU. Yes, they did win. Um but I I, I could see that that All Miss running game having a uh, a really successful time uh against tech and I think they could bounce back uh from that from that late season swoon where all the stuff like we said going on off the field. So I, I would I'd lean towards laying the points here with all miss.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's the side, Bear. We'll see. We will see, but I definitely think that's the side. Great stuff, man. Great, great stuff. Really, really appreciate you. Thanks so much for taking the time this week. We got a ton of games coming up here today, all the way through next week. But we'll get you back on again to preview the game from the twenty ninth all the way through the second. So we appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. I hope everybody out there has a Merry Christmas.
1: Let's Talk About It is brought to you by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Final thoughts as we put a bow on the show here on the 23rd of December. Like I told you earlier in the show, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Thank you so much. We hope you have an incredible holiday with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones. Hope that you're enjoying the show wherever you're getting the show. And we hope that you'll come back here in the new year. With us because 2023 is going to be way better than 2022 and 2022 has already felt pretty dang good. So very much excited for what's coming here on always college football, but also very, very grateful to all of you that have helped make college football this season even more gratifying than it's ever been because we get to interact on a one-on-one basis. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all that you'll continue to do for the show here in the days and weeks to come. But if I can ask you to do one more thing, please like, rate, and subscribe. That'd be really helpful. It helps the show. It helps us out. So thank you so much for being with us. Travel safe. Enjoy the games this weekend. And I very much like you, I'm looking forward to some of the games coming up next week as well. So enjoy it. Take it all in. Soak it up. And have a great, great, great holiday weekend. We'll be back next week. We're going to take Monday off. Feel like we should, right? (laughs) We're also going to take off Tuesday, but we'll be back and we've returned with a vengeance on Wednesday next week. We're going to preview all the games. We're going to get Chris the Bear Felica to come back. He's going to help pick us some games. We're going to talk a lot. A lot coming up as we preview the semifinals, preview the New Year's Six, preview all the big matchups. So a lot coming to you here five days from now. But if you're here looking for shows on the 26th and the 27th, if you can't find them, don't feel bad. They don't exist. (laughs) For all of us here at Always College Football, we love you and we appreciate you. For Jack Foster, Mark Kubiak, I'm Greg McElroy. This has been Always College Football with Greg McElroy, presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G.